Welcome to the Big Data Beard at Build Conference 2019. Hi, everybody. This is Corey Minton with the Big Data Beard, and we are at Microsoft Build Conference in beautiful Seattle, Washington. And I'm excited to have sort of a celebrity with us today. Hardly. <laughs> Eric Boyd. So, Eric, before we get to your role with Microsoft, I understand that you and Brett actually have something in common besides Boston. It's actually a little bit of an involvement in a movie called 21. Oh, I didn't know he was So, involved. Brett was an extra, but I think you might have been more important in this story. I, I mean, important in the story is my 15 minutes of fame, um, but the movie's really about my good friend Jeff much more than it is me. But yes, I, I played on the MIT Blackjack team with Jeff and a number of other people as well that, that they made into the movie 21, which is complete fiction. Yeah. <laughs> so it didn't work out that way. Uh, I mean, it's complete fiction. That's you know? awesome. So card counting is, is as hard as I think it is, or is it pretty easy? Um, it's pretty easy. Yeah. I, I, uh, every year in the Microsoft Give campaign, I auction off blackjack lessons, and so I can teach someone in about an hour how to count cards. It doesn't really? take that long. Corey, for you, it's always going to be hard. Let's be <laughs> I'm not, I can't count very well, so that's the problem. It does require counting. <laughs> that's an, an important skill. Well, very cool. Well, Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do for Microsoft? Sure. So I run the Azure AI team. Uh, the Azure AI team is the team that uh, really brings all of the AI platform pieces together for our customers. Uh, we started this team, you know, really focused internally. You know, Microsoft has been doing AI for a long time, both on the research side, we've been doing it 27 odd years, but uh, internally for our internal customers like Bing and, and Office, and, and you really can't do those systems without AI. And so we needed to build the tools for how a thousand developers can collaborate on a model for, you know, the life cycle of an AI model, right? The, and what we're now talking about is MLOps. Like we've had to struggle with that for years. Mm -hmm. And so we built those systems internally and now we're bringing them externally as a part of Azure Machine Learning um, to our customers. And we also with that provide a number of sort of high quality pre-trained models, again, that usually we've built for internal purposes. Things like if you want to do speech to text, if you want to do anomaly detection, things like that, we have a packaged, you know, service you can just call straight off of that. Very cool. So the strategy started internal early, but give me a picture of what the the general Microsoft strategy, when you talk with leaders around Microsoft, and Microsoft's a big place, right? And Satya's got an amazing team he's That's built, right. right? But tell me, like, what's, what's Microsoft's general strategy in terms of AI and where you see it going? I mean, what we see with AI is it really has a ton of potential to change each and every business. And so that sounds like a nice platitude. AI is going to change each right. and every business around the world. Well, it's but big data again, right? <laughs> it, the thing is, it really is. And so, you know, we talk to all these different companies about their different use cases. And so, um, you know, it could be like the way they're changing, like even internally at Microsoft, the way that we do our OpEx forecasts. There's an AI model that helps predict that. Uh, the way that we do scheduling of VMs in Azure, mm -hmm. there's an AI model that helps predict that. And so, you know, there are all these, one of the things that we really need to do is catalyze the imagination of everyone to say, where do you have a problem where you're using a heuristic and trying to predict something? Because right. AI is probably going to do it better than you. And there's even interesting, uh, you know, papers that have come out saying like database indexes would be better done with an AI model than using a B tree. And so that's pretty fascinating to think about. Yeah. Um, and so just really encouraging that. So in terms of our strategy around it, you know, really it's been to say, let's create this culture where everyone really thinks about AI as a part of their product, a part of what they do. Um, it's something, you know, I worked on several years ago. I started in Bing and then I worked with the office team 
get them to have a data-driven culture, make decisions based on data, have the right sort of data sets and, and be able to sort of evaluate, hey, is this product working better or not? Um, and then from there, now that you have that, now you can go and build AI models to do really interesting, I mean, the things that Office is announcing in AI, yeah. I mean, PowerPoint Designer, which I think is fantastic, is just sort of the tip of the iceberg from all the other things they can go do with that. So how do you how do you spark that from a leadership perspective? How do you spark that imagination and creativity? Because I see that constantly where people struggle with accepting that AI can solve these problems. Yeah. What are some of the basics, the, the basic kind of tenets that you've used to spark that creativity, to spark the you know, move towards being a data-driven culture? I mean, part of it is AI sounds scary, right? I have to go and build an AI model. I got to do you know, partial differential equations to backpropagate through a neural net. That sounds really hard. It's scary. It is. It's scary. I studied that in college and I don't want to do it anymore. I know, right? And uh, linear algebra, that stuff seems really bad. Yeah. Um, but it's really, very. you know, the tools can automate that. So, I mean, I think I make the analogy to hash tables all the time. Hash tables are pretty complicated. There's a universal hashing function. And I got to deal with collision. And nobody thinks about that. They just use it. Yeah. And so AI increasingly is becoming like that. With Azure Machine Learning, there's automated ML, which takes basically all the work out of doing uh, machine learning. And so as we start showing that to different teams and saying, here's how you can build a model, try it, and really just getting them over that hump of trying it, then they start to you know find their own use cases and places that they can do things with For it. sure. Yeah. So you have Azure Machine Learning, and yeah. then you also have Cognitive Services, That's which right. we talked earlier with the speech to text and some really cool things that came out yesterday that I want to dive into in a minute. Can you kind of help us understand the differences between those two offerings and the customers that might benefit from one or the other? Sure. Um, you know, I, I'm not actually sure there's a huge difference in customers. You know, we, we look at our customers more in terms of what's the job that they're trying to get done and then what's the tool that's best going to serve them. And so you could look at cognitive services and something like that and say that's going to be best for people who actually don't know how to build their own AI models because it's a pre-built model. Mm -hmm. But we've actually seen a lot of cases where there it's, you know, some of these services are becoming commoditized, like take speech to text. We've talked to companies that have experts at data science building their own speech-to-text models, and uh, they're not going to do it anymore. They're like, this is a huge cost for us. It requires a ton of training data and labels, and Microsoft does it better than we do. And so, you know, we've won a ton of customers just from that. So Cognitive Services is great for anyone who just wants to go and call and get AI just right out of the box. But I don't know that that's specific to, oh, I'm a developer and don't know how to do it, or I'm a sophisticated data okay. scientist. It's what do I want to do, and is this getting the job done for me? Okay. And then from there, you have the Azure Machine Learning. That's to right. Step up. What's, what's So the that? Azure Machine Learning platform is for people who want to build their own models. And again, we target really everyone. We're really looking to simplify the experience for everyone, uh, regardless of skill level. And so if you're, again, a sophisticated expert in data science and you have your favorite tools, you can use them. And so Azure Machine Learning is a Python-based SDK that will integrate directly into your Jupyter Notebook and anything you want to go do. And you can go use and be super productive managing you know, your iterations and workflow and managing the whole end-to-end life cycle of AI ops, uh, of ML ops. As well, you know, if you're a novice, there are tools that, you know, we announced uh, yesterday that we have automated machine learning with a user interface that you can go and develop with, you know, it's a no-code environment for doing machine learning. And so, but the difference really in cognitive services and machine learning platform is cognitive services are pre-built models and machine learning platform is what you use mm -hmm. to build a model. So help me understand, because this build is a developer's conference. That's so, right. So when developers think about using Microsoft, their first gateway into Microsoft AI should be cognitive services. Is that right? Uh, 
again, it depends. When you say developer, people have some lenses that they put on people. I mean, there's been this distinction between, oh, I'm a developer or I'm a data scientist, and those are different personas. I don't see them as that different. I see them rapidly colliding. Data scientists are becoming very good at writing code and deploying it to production. And developers are learning, hey, I can do this AI stuff. It's not that hard. Um, and so if you're a developer, I would say it depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to build a model, you should start with uh, Azure Machine Learning. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to deploy a service and we have a cognitive service that works for you, you should start with a set of cognitive services. Gotcha. So how do organizations deal with when they think about deploying or using these capabilities? There's this idea of data gravity where data, there's large amounts of data that probably not as much in the calling an API, obviously cognitive services, but in building and training these models. How do organizations deal with this idea of I may have data in a private cloud, I may have some data in, in Azure, I may have it in other places. How's Microsoft helping organizations like deal with that challenge of how do I get the data to the processing and application services I want? I mean, there are a number of different ways that we, we can help with that. I mean, for starters, we have a wide suite of, you know, data tools, um, you know, from our data team and things like Azure Data Factory, which are really great for automating the motion of data from one place to another. Mm -hmm. um, but another thing that we focus on a lot is enabling companies to, you know, really run AI wherever they need to. And so, uh, you know, Sachi even mentioned this example with Kroger. Kroger takes video of the stores and there's a tremendous amount of video that they don't always want to ship to the cloud. Maybe they only want to ship the important, hey, I think someone's shoplifting or something. Um, so we, uh, you know, with uh, with Azure Machine Learning and with our cognitive services, you can package that in a standard Docker container and you can run it on-prem, wherever you need to, at the edge. And so that's one of the key things that we're focusing on with our customers is how can we help them bring AI to where they are as opposed to them needing to always bring everything to the cloud. For sure. So there's been a number of announcements, but I don't. We're not going to go through all of them in this conversation. Yeah. Just I'm curious from your perspective and what your team's doing. What are the announcements that you're most excited about that have happened in the last uh, last ninety or ninety or excuse me twenty four hours? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, boy, it's such it's a huge list. I mean, I think that you know I'll probably take it in in a couple of chunks on the machine learning platform itself. We've done a lot to really simplify the process of building AI and to make it an end to end story. And so I talked about some of the user experiences that we've put together. Some drag and drop experiences to really simplify the process of, of making ML models, as well our focus on this end-to-end -end life cycle that we're calling ML Ops. We've made a ton of integration with Azure DevOps to really manage the whole life cycle of I've built a model, deployed it, and now I need to go back and iterate through. And companies are just now figuring out that that's a lot of work, that you know, it's sort of like I deployed my first application and now I have to maintain it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need tools to help with that. So I'm really excited about that. I don't see anyone else focusing on that problem, and I think we're going to help a lot of customers with it. Um, I think on the cognitive services side, there are a couple that I think are really exciting. One is Personalizer, which is a reinforcement learning-based approach for doing personalization. We've been doing it with Xbox for years, and we're really excited to bring that out. Um, and another is Form Recognizer, which, you know, companies have so many documents, and to be able to take those documents and turn them effectively into entries in your database, super powerful. So I think those are probably the highlights for me. Yeah, I like that one. I also like the uh, ability to add more industry or company-specific data to create jargon for the speech-to-text. Oh, absolutely. I thought that was a really cool demo. Um, I was really excited that 
at least 80% of the conversations yesterday had some type of AI theme or analytics theme to it, whether it was new products to help customers or just woven into the current portfolio. I also saw a lot of the customer stories being analytics or AI centric. Yeah. What was your favorite story from yesterday? Wow, gosh, there's so many stories. There were. Uh, That's a hard question. You know, I have at least five or six that are mine. That are, the, which, what would be a favorite? I mean, so I've worked a lot with Starbucks. And mm-hmm. so the deep brew stuff that they have been working on, very exciting to see that really light up. And I think that's something co- consumers can really resonate with um, because they can sort of see, oh, this is something I can reach out and touch on a daily basis. Um, you know, another, in, in my session, I did a, a demo with Fermilab. Fermilab is literally trying to figure out why there is matter and not not matter right you know, why is all this stuff here yeah and those questions are so fascinating and uh so we work with them to help use Azure Machine Learning to produce AI models and to use FPGAs to accelerate the inferencing of it because mm-hmm. they generate so much data off those massive particle collisions at the Large Hadron Collider. And so um, they're just a fascinating customer. Uh, it's partly because I wish I was a particle physicist at that <laughs> time. Secret wish. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm smart enough to pull that off, but uh, you know, it's it's really interesting. So. Very cool. So when you think about um, you know the next call it 12 to 24 months and what you're helping you know the broad Microsoft leadership team but specifically around the AI platform what's next for you guys so what are you focused on in the next 12 to 18 months again not on so much about product but strategically what are you trying to accomplish yeah I mean you know AI is still at stage one for most enterprises for um, you know even large parts of Microsoft and so it's really helping understand what is it going to take to scale and grow AI to have the full impact it can have and there are a number of dimensions that we're looking at it um, you know innovation is a huge one this space is moving so fast it's there are new models where you know you know some of the new most interesting things are either unsupervised reinforcement learning or these unsupervised uh, text models um, so now I don't need to pay for all these labels. I'm really just limited on how much compute I have. Right. And so in an age where Moore's law is starting to break down, what can you do to really go and accelerate that? So there's a lot of work that we're focused on there to help make sure we're looking forward on that. And um, But then a lot of it is, you know, continuing to simplify this and mature the tools that people are going to be using because we see there's just so much more to be done with that. And, uh, you know, the great thing about Microsoft is we have so many internal businesses mm-hmm. that uh, they're all at different stages of AI maturity. Some of them are super mature and they are pushing the envelope and some look like enterprises that we talk to that they're just for the first time waking up about, hey, I should do AI. And we learn a ton just from working with each of those teams about what does it take to help accelerate? What's the the journey sort of look like across the board? Yeah. So if you had to leave our listeners with like your one single favorite reason why organizations should look to Microsoft as a partner in their AI journey, what would you say that is? I mean, we're trying to make AI the Azure the best platform to build AI on. Uh, you know, the, I think the reason why I'd say to choose us is we're really focused on helping make you productive, regardless of where you are in terms of your ability. We've had the privilege of working with thousands of enterprises, and so we know what it takes to help an enterprise sort of get on board. And then we're the trusted platform. We have the most stringent privacy controls and the most compliance certifications of any cloud platform out there. And so, you know, if those three reasons aren't reason enough, like, I think we got you covered. I dig it, man. Well, Eric, it's been super fun talking with you about all that you're doing to bring what Microsoft's been doing for 25 plus years and using AI to make your products great, now accessible to developers and business users alike. We've learned a lot from our guests about big data, 
But now it's time to get a bit personal. In a segment we like to call Rapid Fire. Pew, pew. So here we go. Rapid Fire with yep. Eric Boyd. What is the latest great book you read that you'd recommend? Oh, God. Uh, I read The Maze Runner most recently. It wasn't great, but that's the last book that I read. <laughs> that's good. All right. So if uh, if you get to go on stage and if you got to pick the song that played as you walked on stage, what would that song be? You know, my phone just started playing The General, so <laughs> that's right. probably the one that I would have to have. Excellent. All right. So what piece of technology is currently making your life worse? Uh, what piece of technology is making my life worse? Um, you know, the home audio system I struggle with all the time. Yeah. It's this old, complicated system, Elon, super integrated. It's terrible. I hate it. <laughs> home audio is a pain. If uh, Do you get a chance to binge on any shows and what are they? Um, so I just finished rewatching Breaking Bad. Okay. Um, I'm not hooked on Game of Thrones, and okay. so I've been deciding if I should pick up that bad addiction or not. You should. You should. I'm I have enough bad habits. I'm not sure I need enough. <laughs> there you go. And then final question, what's the next really interesting place you're traveling to? Uh, so, uh, we're taking our kids to Europe this summer and we're going to do a bike trip in Italy, which I'm super excited about, although I'm a little out of shape, so I have to train because it's in the mountains of Italy. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, and where can our guests and our listeners find you on social media? Where's the best place for us to point them to? Um, so LinkedIn is probably the place I'm okay. most active. And uh, yeah, they can find me, Eric Boyd, on LinkedIn. Sounds good. good. Eric, thank you so much for spending time talking with the Big Data Beard team about what Microsoft is doing to bring AI to real results for organizations around the world. Well, thanks for talking with thanks me. It's been great. Really Cheers. appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Big Data Beard podcast. The music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. Check him out on iTunes or Spotify. Be sure to smash that thumbs up button so we can keep the episodes coming. Until next time, keep being awesome.